Welcome to the Blogger to Author Podcast, where we help you turn your content into a book so you can share your passion, build authority in your niche, and make a little money too. Now, here's your host, Dr. Beth Brombos. Hello, and welcome to episode 39 of the Blogger to Author Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Beth Brombos. Self-publishing is more popular than ever, which means more and more writers and authors are DIYing all aspects of their books, including designing the books themselves. Unfortunately, sometimes self-designed books are pretty obvious, especially self-designed book covers. But don't worry, you're not fated to have a mediocre, or worse, book cover or interior. In this episode, I'm honored to feature an interview with professional designer Leanna Weller-Smith. Leanna has decades of experience in design, and she has an extensive background in book design as well. Her covers and interior designs have graced the titles of many publishers, and she truly has a talent for creating eye-catching designs for her clients. Leanna is the owner and executive creative director of Weller-Smith Design, LLC, a boutique design studio. She started her design career in advertising and book publishing, and over time, as her clients' needs shifted, she moved into the digital realm. She has 20-plus years experience and has worked with clients ranging from corporate to cultural. Her and her team specialize in creating thoughtful design solutions for print, branding, and web that reflect the client's vision and mission. I strongly encourage you to check out the book designs she's created, and there's a link in the show notes to her portfolio if you'd like to check them out. I think her work and this interview will inspire you to think more about the design of your book and how you can make your book more visually appealing to your readers. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and be interviewed for the Blogger to Author podcast, Leanna. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Beth. So I'm really, really excited to have you on the podcast. I've been dying to have a book designer come on and talk about this because I know it's a question that's in the forefront of a lot of my listeners' minds. And so really what I want to start out with is hearing more about you, your expertise, and how you got into doing what you do. So could you give us a little bit of information about your background, please? Sure. Uh, my cousin was actually a designer and she lived here in New York. I live in Pittsburgh. So every time she would come to visit, I loved hearing her stories and learning about what she, she does and did. And uh, so when I was about 16, I came out here uh, to visit her and I got to see her at work. She worked at all the big magazines and I just really fell in love with you know, what she does. And it was just a natural thing for me. I loved art. I liked, I love magazines. I love paper. And so it was just a perfect fit. And so I went to school in Ohio at Kent State University. And I got my Bachelor of Arts there for visual communication design. And pretty soon after I graduated, I came out here to New York. And I've been here ever since. It's been about 20 20 plus years that I've been here. So it was meant to be. Yes, absolutely. And how exciting that must have been to just get immersed in a potential career field and just to totally fall in love with the glamour and excitement of it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it hasn't changed for me. I still have this sense of wonder when it comes to, you know, not only being 
here in New York and around different creatives and just the atmosphere itself. But at the same time, like, you know, learning new things, it's a constant evolution. So design has just really been a huge part of my life for ever since I was little. So I love it. How did you get into designing books? Because you've designed book covers, you've done book interiors, you've done a lot. Yes. So I started in advertising. And so I worked for all of the big museums. So I did a lot of um, design work for like the Met, sorry, the Natural Museum of History. And so a ton of them like in the city here and in Philadelphia and other states. And then once I had been there for, it was probably about a year and a half, I decided to look for another job and uh, it was in book publishing. And I ended up at a great cookbook publisher in the city, Artisan Books. They're a division of Workman Publishing. And that's really where I I learned how to design books and just about books. Because in college, you don't really learn you know, the details of some of your future projects. Like I never had a, a book in, in college. Um, we, we did multi-page documents, but it was nothing, you know, like hundreds of pages. So once I got to Artisan, I really got to learn from the best because the designers there and the, the style and the, the aesthetic that they have in general is just, it's really high end. So it was great to to learn while I was there. Absolutely. And your work is phenomenally beautiful. Listeners, if you are interested in seeing some samples, you can actually find them on Leanna's website at wellersmithdesign.com. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. Let's start in with some advice that our listeners can take to heart for their own projects. So what do authors need to know when it comes to book design? Well, I think one of the biggest things is that it takes time. And I think a lot of people think that it's going to happen quickly. Designing, not only designing a book, but writing a book, you know, organizing yourself, um, writing it, um, getting all the pieces together, it takes time. And I think that a lot of people think that it's going to happen quickly, but it, it, if you're going to do it right, it takes a few months just to even get the content written and then on top of that organized and then on top of that designed. And I think too, there's so many options and how your piece can be produced. I think that a lot of potential authors, they, they aren't really sure of the options that are out there. And sometimes that actually just stops them from doing it. It's definitely a process. And I think that if you go in it with, you know, the right mindset that, you know, anything is possible. And I think I I really believe like everybody has a book in them. So I don't think that you have to have a specific type of style or topic or content. I think that there's definitely something that everyone can kind of put out there into the world like that. I completely agree. And so you just mentioned that there are lots of different options that authors can use when it comes to design. Where do you recommend that people get design inspiration or where do you yourself get design inspiration from? Sure. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm surrounded by books. I mean, my office is filled with books and I go to Barnes and Noble regularly um, just for design inspiration when it comes to setting up content 
and and things like that. But I mean, I do think that it's it's just doing some research. Pinterest is great. Typing in, you know, even if it's like just for design styles, like book layouts, cookbook layouts, um, or different specific types of novel or things like that. Like you, you will get samples if you do an image search in, in Google just for design information in general. Um, but I like to look at a lot of books from the UK because they just have a different aesthetic than the US. And so I like to get inspiration from kind of all over that'll just make it a little bit different than what you would normally see. Yes, that is great advice. I guess the take home there for listeners is to always be looking at the books that are around you. So not only consuming them for their content, but if you are an author, look at them objectively from a design or a layout perspective. Take notes about what you like, what you don't like, maybe keep them in a Google Doc or something like that and use that as a reference for when it comes time to format and design your own book. Exactly, because there's so many cool things out there and you just don't think about it. And it actually can help you organize your content if you have an idea of how you want it to look. But I know not everyone's a designer and they might get intimidated by that, but it's just taking photos of what you see while you're out. Like I went to a mindful triathlon in Brooklyn a few months ago and they had a pop-up shop and there were books in there and I was taking pictures of the pages because it was just interesting to me how someone else had organized content. And so it it can happen anytime, anywhere that you're out. It could be when you're at Anthropology, they have great books. You know, it could be anywhere. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> anthropology yeah. has great everything. So take pictures, <laughs> take pictures and like you said, catalog it. I mean, it really... It just makes that it, sometimes people need a visual to even write something. So it'll just help you to organize your thoughts a, a lot better. Absolutely. Um, so clearly you have a lot of experience when it comes to design. What's the biggest mistake that you see authors make when they DIY? And let's start with book covers. So what do they mess up when they try to do their own book covers? Sure. So I think that one thing is, is that they may try to mimic something that isn't going to really resonate with their audience. And it's just because of maybe a personal style that they have. But a big problem can be when they they just use a different style that really isn't going to resonate with their audience. Um, they could they could be doing what we just said, which is finding inspiration at the bookstores, but they might also just be trying to copy something or emulate something really that just isn't the right target. So I think that knowing who they're really really knowing who their audience is and making sure that they make design decisions based on that is is really important. Another thing that I find is just that when authors are DIYing it, when they are actually doing the work themselves, if they don't have a good design eye, what ends up happening is that the, the, the typography isn't the best, so the right things might not be popping out. They might have the color choices, like if their title doesn't stand out enough against their image or if the image has just the wrong style to it. Those things really, I mean, it, I know that people want to try as hard as they can to do it and to do it on their own, but sometimes those are the things that just kind of get in the way of a successful cover. Yeah, and especially when it's your cover, that's so important. Yeah. And so you mentioned 
in the first part of your answer that it's really important to create something that's going to connect with your audience. So how do you recommend that people figure that out? Is it just spending time with their audience? Do you recommend having a couple different cover options and you pull your audience and see which one they like? I guess, where would you recommend people start with that? Well, I think that part of it is even how are people coming to you. So if you have a website or if you already have your own personal brand that's kind of going on, you should really just stick with that if you have something. Like at least that's a place to start because you already know that what you're doing is drawing people in. So it could be an overall you know, color palette that you've been using with your brand. That's one way, especially to tie it back to you. The other thing is it goes back to research and looking at other titles on Amazon or, or different authors that do something similar to you and have a very similar audience to you and see which ones are ranking higher, maybe on Amazon, if they're doing like self-publishing where they can be ranked on Amazon, that type of thing. But even looking at those, if you're even if you're not going to publish online like that, it's great to look at what is being successful so that you can see the type of people that are interested in your topic are picking up. So we just covered book covers. Are there any big mistakes that you see people making when they DIY the overall formatting of the interior of their books? And if so, how might they overcome that? Okay, sure. So there's a couple of things when it comes to the interior and it depends on how you are publishing this. So if it's a downloadable PDF, which is usually the single page format versus something that will have a left right format. So like a traditional book would, you know, flow from left to right, you would have your page numbers. Usually they go from, you know, on the left, you have them on the left and on the right, they're on the right. But then if you're only doing a PDF download, there's definitely a different formatting for that because usually the page numbers at the same place on every page, which is totally, that's, that's, how it should be done. So most of the times it's just centered at the bottom or um, if it's chosen left or right. So that's one of the things that is definitely different between, you know, a downloadable and a printed or published book. But then it's also about just making sure that your page margins, that the left and right space aren't too wide and it's not too narrow because that is really the width of how you're reading. So it's just something comfortable. Usually I have like three quarters of an inch to an inch, like in the gutter, like in the middle of your book so that that way the text doesn't go into the gutter. So there's, there's little nuances like that when you're printing something that is like a print on demand type of thing. But when you're just printing a downloadable type of PDF, you have a little bit more leeway if you are creating it at eight, like an eight and a half by 11 size, that's where you want to be careful of having it, the reading space too wide, um, because then it takes the reader a long time to get from left to right. But I think when it comes to interiors, it is good to have somebody who knows how to put together an interior of a book, because a lot of it too is just with even like where your lines hit on each page, like if you open up a book and you look at it, they all line up. And it's it's just so that your eye doesn't have to do so much work when it's reading. And you open up your page from left to right, those lines will line up so they're not jumping. And I think that's I think that's a big 
deal. <laughs> so about, and also with being, you know, professional in the actual output of it. But like I said, there's so many different ways that you can actually publish. So it just depends on where you're going with it. If you want an ebook, it has to be formatted a different way than if you're doing a printed book. So there's all these little nuances when it comes to publishing, but it might seem daunting, but at the same time, like once you figure out, okay, I I only want it to be a PDF download, then that cuts out all these other issues, right? So thinking about your end product and how you want it. And if you do one, so say you do a printable download first, you can still have the format tweaked later if you did want to turn it into a traditional layout. And so what I'm hearing from you is that when it comes to formatting, you really do need to be very detail oriented and just know what to look for to make your book look professional. And to do that, it really can help to hire a designer. So that's absolutely one reason to hire a designer, especially if you are not detail oriented. But could you run through some of the other reasons why authors should consider hiring designers instead of going the DIY route? Oh, sure. I think that hiring a designer, especially if it's the right designer. So I I think I should start there. I do think that, again, you should do your research and you can see whose product out there that you like. You can usually every book has the designer's name in it. There's usually a credit. Even downloadable PDFs might have that. So you can do your research and see whose style you like, like who you resonate with the most. I think that that is huge because it is a relationship that you're going to then be with your designer. And I, I really think that it's good to talk to a few of them look at their work and just really discuss what your end goal is with your book. Uh, It could be a book, a workbook, anything like that that's printed and design in general. It's just making sure that the person that you end up working with is going to listen to you and not necessarily just tell you like what you have to do because it is about this collaboration in a huge way. So that's one thing is just starting there. But then I also think the other advantages are that you will get a higher quality product. If they are good at what they do, they will know how to format the files. They're going to know about the color. They're going to know about the resolution of any images that you use. They're going to be able to um, keep you from a lot of headaches later because like a lot of people might say, but I downloaded this photo from you know Facebook, but that's not going to work on a printed book. You need mm-hmm. something that's higher resolution. If you're traditionally printing, it has to be CMYK. There's all these little nuances that a designer would be able to guide you through and at least let you know these things before they come up. So it's not like your book is finished and then you send it to the printer and they say it's only 72 DPI, we can't print it. So I think that that alleviates a lot of those headaches. And it also just takes that responsibility off your plate. I mean, if that's not what you do for a living, if you're not in these design programs and setting these things up, I mean, that can take a lot of extra time. So you're kind of doing yourself a disservice by trying to figure it out when it'll get done in half the time um, with way more quality and you'll just have a better product in in the end. And, And they'll also especially if you look for book cover designers, sometimes book cover designers don't do interiors. They have a better sense of what's going to sell, like what's going to catch the eye of somebody that's passing by if it is in a store or even if it is in a digital marketplace. 
they just know what's going to work and what, what isn't going to work. Yes, absolutely. And that could be the difference between your book being somewhat successful and being extremely successful. You know, something like a book cover. If you have a okay book cover versus one that absolutely speaks to your ideal reader, your ideal customer, that can make a huge yeah, difference. Exactly. So you are quite the experts in designing cookbooks. Uh, you've done many of them and they are beautiful. And I know I definitely have some listeners who are interested in someday publishing a cookbook. So what is different about designing and putting together a cookbook versus more of a novel or just a straight, regular, mostly print nonfiction book? And what do they need to be aware of? Well, I think when it comes to cookbooks, like you said, I mean, I've been doing cookbooks forever. And I think one of the main things with a cookbook is that you do have to have some sort of hook to get them in. And I think that anybody can, not anybody, but a lot of people will do detox books or, or they'll do, um, you know, like a this kind of lifestyle or that kind of lifestyle. But I think what really makes, a, especially a cookbook with the market that we have is just that you may have a different take on it or you may have a different twist on it, which will make you stand out in the market of cookbooks because there are a lot of people now that are definitely DIYing and, and self-publishing, which is awesome. But I still think that there needs to be something to draw them in. And it could even just be that you have amazing photography it's, it, it really can be something as simple, not as simple as that, but it, it is about like paying attention to the aesthetic and style of your photos. And especially with a cookbook, I think that the food has to look edible, <laughs> desirable. The, <laughs> the color has to be good. iPhones are great. And I think that, you know, there's definitely a place for that kind of photography. But I do think that if you want a cookbook that's going to stand out, it is about having a great topic that's a little bit different, have some gorgeous photography that you can work in there and really write it with your voice. Because I think that, you know, a lot of people that are picking up cookbooks, it's also nice to kind of connect with the author and not to be afraid to infuse your personality into, into something like that. I think those are the most fun books that I have. Like when I get to design cookbooks and the author has really, a lot of them are bloggers that are becoming authors and mm -hmm. like, you know, as you know, and they already have this kind of style set that they've been working on through over throughout their blogging history. So it's cool to work with them because they have, you know, a unique perspective on it. It's not just this professional chef that's putting out five star recipes. It's a DIYer that's kind of coming up with a cool take on your traditional XYZ type of thing. Yes. And I imagine that they're also uniquely suited to writing a book again, because yeah. you've mentioned several times about how you really do need to be in tune with your audience. And in most cases, a blogger is going to be much more in tune with their potential book buyer yeah. than somebody who is a celebrity who's publishing a book. You spend as a blogger so much time getting to know your audience, listening to them. And I think that that really makes you very well suited to become an author. Oh, definitely. I agree 100%. Yeah. And you're used to writing, you're mm -hmm. used to testing things, and you're also actually used to collaborating because you are 
listening to your customers and you're adjusting or writing for that. And, you know, when it comes to working on a book, like I said previously, it really is a collaborative process. And a lot of, you know, bloggers, they have great brand style already. And it usually is just an easy segue into designing their book. Absolutely. So for our listeners who want to learn more about you, to learn more about your services, see your amazing designs, where can they go to find you? They can go to wellersmithdesign.com. And our view is a little bit hidden. So it's forward slash design hyphen samples. And they can see a PDF of you know some of the work. We do print branding and web. So it's a mix of things, but it's, it's a lot of fun working with the different clients. Perfect. I will absolutely put that link in the show notes as well as links to connect with Liana on social media. Yeah, that'd be great. Do you have any final tips to share with our listeners, either when it comes to just authorship in general, design in general, or creating and designing books? The tips that I would have are to do your research. I mean, I know it seems kind of boring, but I think that, you know, it's seeing what what is out there in the market, seeing what could fit within what you are writing about in particular, different styles, and just kind of become familiar with that. And also look for a designer that you resonate with. Even if you don't use them right off the bat, maybe it's something that you have to work your, your way up to and you do DIY the first round. At least have somebody in the wings for like when I'm ready to republish or up-level it and I want to work with this person. It's just about like having that sort of trajectory in place and just not to be afraid to try it. Like I know that it seems like there's so many moving pieces that you need to know about, but I feel like so many people have the resources now between friends, connections to ask, you know, how did you do it? And to try to figure out the best way for them to do it then too. Absolutely. And I think after listening to this interview, you will be on a lot of people's short lists when it comes to designers to work with. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your expertise. I know a lot of people especially those of you who are DIYing or even those of you who were wanting to hire a designer and you don't know where to start, you're going to really find these tips valuable. So thank you, Liana. Great. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I hope that this interview has inspired you to up your design game as much as it's inspired me. Again, to check out Liana's work, you can head to her website at wellersmithdesigns.com or head to the show notes at bloggertoauthor.com slash 39, where I have a link to her portfolio. I encourage you to follow Liana's advice and look for inspiration for your books all around you. Your book will be even more beautiful and visually appealing if you do. Last but not least, dear listeners, I'd like to take a moment during this season of gratitude to thank you for listening and subscribing to the Blogger to Author podcast. Although I do learn a lot from each interview I do, this project truly is for you and to help you on your author journey. Thank you for letting me come into your earbuds every week. I sincerely appreciate that opportunity. Before I go, I have a quick favor to ask of you. 
If you haven't already, would you please take a few minutes to leave a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts? As an added thank you, if you send me a screenshot of your review by the end of the year, I'll enter you into a drawing for a free one-on-one strategy call with me. Thanks again for listening, and please know that I am truly grateful for you. Until next time, happy writing. Thanks for joining us for the Blogger to Author podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share the podcast with your friends and be sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about Blogger to Author and the podcast at bloggertoauthor.com. Till next time, happy writing.